we really need to welcome the new hires. Yes. The people in this company need to embrace the new hires. Uh, we cannot do what we want to do without additional people, without new people. And so really I'm asking you all to take the time when you see somebody new on the job, just to walk up and shake their hands. That's a thing now again. We can do that, can do right? That. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Herb. Morning, Doug. Good morning. The Chief Operating Officer Eric Ritchie in here. Say hi to the crew. Good morning on a, uh, what I would say is a beautiful sunny morning. Nice sunny with a morning, bright yeah. blue sky. Yeah. And we have Southern Maine Operations Manager Doug Morrison. Good morning, crew. Come to give us a, an update on what's going on in the Southern Maine region. Absolutely. In case it, you haven't picked up on it, what we're doing is kind of making a round of the regions. And uh, next week we'll have Jim Braley on, and then Sean Milligan will be the last one. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's like painting a house. You start in one corner, by the time you get done, we're going to start over again. <laughs> we will, we will. Season will look different in another two or three months. So so we got a couple important things we want to take care of today. We're going to have Jason Light in here to talk about cybersecurity. And you may think you don't need to worry about that, but I promise you do. It should be educational. I know they said the last go-around of uh, some of our fishing stuff did not go very well, so... Got some education to do. And, and also on the personal level, not just the company level, Absolutely. the personal level. Very, very important. So uh, we, need to, we need to listen up on that. Yep. Okay, as promised, here's Jason Light to talk to us a little bit about some cybersecurity. You, you got that good morning in last week, and now you can't get enough. I guess not. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about um, basically email security mostly. Uh, our security program here at Sargent's, it's pretty good. Uh, we do a lot of training, uh, we do testing, and it's all to, to keep you and the company safe. So uh, especially with the things that are going on in the world right now, you know, Russia, they, they sponsor a lot of these uh, scammers out there. Um, maybe not really sponsored, but they're behind the scenes. So um, they've ramped up attacks, especially when they're trying, they're trying to make cash. They're trying to get cash from anywhere they can. So they've ramped up these attacks, uh, trying to get people's information and see if they can leverage that into, uh, into money. So they, um, they send out fake emails. They're, they're trying to get your information. They're trying to get you to click on links that you think are real. So, uh, and they're very good at it. They are very good at it. Um, the emails look real. They look like they're coming from our HR department. They look like they're coming from her. Uh, we see a, a ton of emails come in that say, uh, you know, this is Herb. I'm stepping into a meeting. Uh, can you do something for me real quick? Send me back uh, a text at, at this number. And and those are fake. Herb doesn't do that. Um, yeah, there's also sometimes it's like send me, go get a gift card and send me the information. Yeah, usually that's the second step. It used yeah. to be the first step and that, yeah. that threw people off. So now they try to, to fake who they are and get you to believe a little bit before they start asking for stuff. We, uh, we use a, a company called Know Before for um, email security training, and uh, we also use it for testing. So we have 190 users in our program. Uh, anybody with a sergeant.us email address is, is in the program and has gone through training, and we send out these periodic tests of what fake emails might look like and see what people do. So a couple weeks ago, we sent one out to 190 users. 21 people clicked on the link. One person opened an attachment, and only 49 people reported that email as suspicious. Uh, and there is a place right on our Outlook 
that we can report it as suspicious. Yes. Anybody using a company computer uh, with Outlook for email has a button at the top called the fish alert button. If you have an email that is suspicious, you click that button, it sends it off to the system. The system scans the file. If it is a threat, it deems it as a threat. It sends uh, network coverage and I emails immediately so we can follow up with you or um, just look and see what the email is and what the threat might be. If so it, what if it's not a threat? What if it's, what if it's actu- an actual email that somebody sent? And- so if it's deemed clean, uh, it sends it back to you. Okay. So when you click that button, the email is removed from your email mailbox. But if the system deems it's clean, then it sends it right back to you and says this is okay. If it thinks it's just spam, some salesman or whatever, it just ignores it. You don't get it back. Um, if it cannot tell what the email is, then um, it just leaves it in the system as unresolved. And I go in daily and look at those unresolved ones and tag them as either threats or or whatever. So if you do um, if you do get an email that is suspicious at all, I suggest you report it because not only if it's a threat, does it protect you? But the system actually goes through everyone else's mailbox and says, has this email gone to anyone else? And it removes it from their mailbox before they even have a chance to click on it. So it protects the company and protects you um, all the time. If So if I'm away from my, my office and I get an email that I think is suspicious on my phone, is there a way to take care of that? Or maybe you're going to address that. Yeah. So... Uh, people with iPads, people uh, dealing with email on their phones, there's an email address you can forward those emails to. It's fish, P-H-I-S-H, at sergeant.us. That puts it into the same system. It makes it a little tougher for the system to scan it, so it may come up unresolved. It may come back, um, you know, it, some come back clean. The ones that I see coming back clean from the phones are the test emails we send out because even though they're very suspicious, the, there's no actual danger in it. Right. So it may come back as clean. So the test ones, it doesn't work great for that, but any real threats are picked up. So I should, uh, anything I see that I, that I think is suspicious, I should forward to fish at sergeant.us. Correct. P H I S H. Yep. Okay. So these emails, the way to, the ways to spot them uh, are, are easier on a computer. Um, you know, hovering over links with your mouse will tell you where that link's going to go. Can't do that on a phone or an iPad. But um, checking where the email's actually coming from, if you hover over the name or the email address it's coming from, it'll tell you. Uh, it'll tell you what that email address is. That email address can be faked, so it's not the end all be all. But you'll notice if it says Herb Sergeant and then the email address is from at gmail dot com or or even some uh, website you've never heard of, that's a fake email. So the other thing they try to do is create a sense of urgency. So they'll, they'll send you an email that says you need to do this by such and such a date or something's going to happen. That's either bad for you or good for you. Um, they create that sense of urgency. So you don't think about it. They'll send you links to things that you probably shouldn't have meant sent pretending it's by accident. Here's a list of bonuses for the company. Uh, these are links um, to approve pay increases, things like that. It's not something companies do by email. Or, or an invoice or, yeah. Yeah. I think I got one the other day that was an invoice. Please make sure this gets processed. Yes. Yep. It'll be an invoice that needs to be processed or it'll be a receipt for something that you bought. Here's your receipt for the iPhone 10 that you paid $1,200 for. You know, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't come through that way. And so you're tempted to click on it to see how did I get charged for this, but you're much better off checking to see if you were charged or, you know, if you know you didn't get charged anything, report that email and it'll come back 99% of the time as some sort of threat. So the test we had, um, we do these tests periodically and it's been creeping up the, the failures on the tests. Um, it used to be five people would fail, 10 people would fail, um, 21, uh, last, last month. So the, the problem is, is that the emails are getting tougher to tell. Uh, I think there was a, a lot, the last round that came from HR at sergeant.us. And it looks like that's the email it came from. Didn't actually come from that email because that can be faked. So we don't use those generic email addresses for anything except uh, accounts payable. So anything coming through HR, payroll, even from Herb, is going to come from that person. It's going to contain their normal signature. You want to check that at the bottom. Make sure the, the grammar seems correct. Uh, and that there's information in the email explaining what that attachment is. A lot of times the fake emails come through with an attachment and just a short sentence saying, here, look at this. If there's no explanation and you weren't expecting the email, you should never click on it. So I, I know a lot of times I'll get a text message that I don't really expect and it's to raise money for something or whatever. Is there any danger at all in those text messages potentially? Yeah. So the text messages can be the same way. Um, if you respond, they're trying to, to create that connection. Um, they're either going to ask you for something or there could be a link in that text message that's going to take you to a website and ask you to sign in or provide some sort of information. We're trying to stop people from, from just entering that information uh, anywhere that they, they think they're doing something that they should be doing. Or anywhere that they don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you enter your username and password on a website to get into your email, um, and that website wasn't one that's controlled by Microsoft. Now, whoever controls that website has a hold of your username and password. So it's the same situation everywhere. Um, we just need to be on guard about who we're providing information to and understanding, um, why we're providing that information in the first place. So almost two years ago to the day, uh, we got a ransomware attack. Yes. And that was as a result of one employee, clicking on a, a link on an email that he shouldn't have. Yeah. So the email came through and it was the same invoice type that, that we were expecting, you know, that we see all the time. Um, it says, here's a link to this invoice. It takes you to a website that looks like a Microsoft login. They put in their Microsoft information for their username and password. Um, and there was no invoice there. They never thought any more of it. They said, well, I guess this just didn't work. So that, e that person's email was then compromised. So email started going out within the company claim, you know, from that person's account. So there was no way to tell um, that it was coming from an outside company. And they were actually using emails that were sent to that person previously and responding to them. So like Tasha got one. Yeah. You know, it was a response to an email she had sent six months ago. And the response didn't make any sense, but it had an attachment on it. And that attachment was dangerous. Um, she didn't click on the attachment. She reported it and we, you know, we figured out what was going on, but in that time that it took us to figure out what was going on, um, 
someone had clicked on the attachment and that downloaded a program to our system that was able to, to search through and, and gain access to our stuff. And eventually locked us up completely. Yeah, eventually it did. It locked the whole system. It locked us out of accounting. It locked all our files. And uh, it was brutal to recover from. It, it took us a solid week. To and get. so that's ransomware. These people, and primarily Eastern Europeans, Russians, are the ones that are that are writing this these ransomware attacks. And they're coming in. And now they've, they've got, remotely, they've got our system shut down. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And they've got our system shut down. Um, and then they say, pay ransom and we'll let you have your system back. Right. So at that point, you've got a few options. You know, there's, there's always backup recovery, but if they've been in your system, they have access to your data. So not only are you worried about getting your data back, you're worried about what they're going to do with the data that, that they have access to. And, and a lot of companies get held. Um, it used to be simple ransomware. We'll lock your files, you pay us, you get them back. Now it's turned into... They look at your files, they see what they can make for money off those files, selling lists or, or information. You know, it doesn't really apply to our company, but financial information gets sure. sold around for these big companies. Um, and then they will, then they'll lock the files and they'll ask for money to get the files unlocked. And then once the files are unlocked, they'll take and uh, ask for more money before they'll release personal information about your employees. or So the, they've gone from a simple attack to a multi-staged attack. So it's become even more important that we protect the access to our systems. And it's just as important on a personal level. So we've talked a lot about the company level and the comp- access to the company emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people at home are having the same problem. Exactly. And, and really it can be more dangerous for the person at home. They don't have the insurances. They don't have the, you know, the money. Good point. A, a small attack on a person at home could have a much bigger effect on their life than a large attack at a business. So the same principles, you know, apply to people at home. If you get an email you weren't expecting, you know, why did you get it? You know, who's it really from? What am I being asked to provide? If there's an attachment, why am I getting the attachment? Should I click on it? Probably shouldn't click on it if you didn't expect it. The best way to find out if there's a, if that attachment is real is to voice verify with the person who sent it. So call them at a phone number that you already knew. Never use the phone number that is in right. the email. Never respond to the email because that other person's email may be compromised and you're just dealing with the bad actor. You're not actually dealing with the person you think you are. It's interesting that they these cyber criminals are typically called bad actors. Yes. You know, it's, it's like a, a B movie somewhere, but it's not really that they're actual criminals. Yeah, they are. And I, and I had never heard that term until we went through what we yeah. went through. Yeah. Our, our insurance company hired a team to come in and, and negotiate to get our stuff back. Yeah. So we dealt with lawyers offices. We dealt with teams that, that deal with the, um, the actual attacks and do a forensic audit of everything that happened on our network, how they got in, where they went, what, uh, usernames they had access to, uh, all that stuff. And and if any information got out, we were lucky. No information left our system. But th- that does happen, especially more nowadays, because when we were attacked, it was at the very beginning of the, the ramp up for, for COVID. Yeah. Um, it it kind of took the remote working, the remote workforce, it took that for granted and just started attacking people because they knew things were out of the ordinary and people were more likely to click on things that they wouldn't normally click That's on. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. It's, a, you know, another thing is one thing my dad went through 
you know, he was 82, 83 years old. And he called me and he said, my computer's locked up. He's my, his monitor didn't work. And so I went over and, uh, he had taken this CD that he'd gotten in the mail and it said, easy login, make your login easier. And he put that in his machine and it, and it put like a front on his monitor so he couldn't access anything. Now, I was scared to death that they'd accessed all his files. So I took it out immediately and and then took his computer and had it make sure it was cleaned and, and got that removed. But there's just so many different ways that you have to be vigilant, especially, you know, if you're if you've got elderly parents or, or whatever, you just have to be super vigilant about things that come in the mail or things that come in the email, things that come via text. It's it, it pays to be suspicious. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and the computer is easy to use. It's easy to get to the things you want, but you, it's got a lot of power. It's got access to your bank accounts. It's got access to your insurance portals, you know, all that stuff. That's information that criminals could use for any purpose, but the, the end purpose is for them to make money. So we talked a lot about email, but, uh, USB thumb drives, um, it's never a good idea to put a thumb drive in your computer that you don't know where it came from. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of, of these security conferences. They'll, they'll leave USB drives around just around the conference center. Oh, wow. And then later <laughs> on, they'll send out reports of the people that took those USB drives and plugged them into their computer. Cause that could have any kind of program on it. That, sure. That just hops on in the background. And that's what they do. They put a program on it that goes out, sends out a ping to their server and says, this one was plugged in. And then, and then they wait until that person plugs into their their server. Yep. Mm. So there's a lot of different ways. I, I mean, I know part of the training that we did is like, uh, don't leave passwords laying around. It seems obvious. Yep. But I've done it. Oh, everyone has. <laughs> and yep. you know that to to watch people that aren't necessarily part of our company walking into an office and potentially, I, I mean, it happens. I guess people walk into an office and plug in a a thumb drive into a USB port. Yeah. Yeah. Some companies have gone as far as to, you know, locking those USB ports up. So it can't even be used. It, that affects business. It's something sure. you probably can't do, but, but things we we've instituted a lot of security measures since, uh, since our virus attack, you know, computers lock themselves, uh, if they're not in use so that you can't just leave your computer up and walk away from it. And some stranger walks in and starts using your screen acting as you, uh, things like that, you know, there, there's a million steps in the background to take. And, um, we just want want people to know that the, the person or the employee is the, is the last line of defense. So we can set all these security measures in place or whatever, but some things just need human interaction. So you, you need to be suspicious and you need to just be careful about where you put information and what information it is. Yeah. Just be vigilant. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, uh, it's a lot of stuff, you know, it's, it's just, it's, I kind of, sometimes you just feel violated because, you know, like I'm just here trying to do my thing. What yeah. And, and it, it is a violation in fact, but it's, it's up to us, as you just said, the, the last line of defense, it's up to us to be vigilant about making sure that we don't usher these things into our systems, whether it's our personal systems or our, or our ones at work. Correct. And everyone's always happy to let you know an email was real. So if you get something that looks somewhat suspicious, you think it's real, 
call the person who sent it, you know, or call me, send me the email. I'm happy to look through it. Um, if you have an email that you think might be suspicious, but you actually need it, still send it through the fish alert system, but call me and let me know. And I will check it in the system to make sure you get it back immediately if it if it's safe. And your cell phone number? My cell phone number is 207-944-0948. Text or call anytime and I can get right into those systems and, and get you back up and running. I know you do a lot around here. And I mean, this is, I'm sure this guy must get frustrating because so much of this potentially can happen. You could get 30 phone calls in a day when one of these strange emails comes in. Yep. So... I, I want to thank you for everything you do for us. And besides keeping everybody in laptops and iPads and all that sort of stuff, you're always behind the scenes helping people get things done. And, uh, you know, very, very integral part of the operation here. Oh, you're welcome. And, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy keeping the systems running, making them do the things that you guys need so that you can do your job. Good. Okay. Thank you, Jason. We'll get on to the, Project Awards, we, we were notified on a project in Virginia, but we're not 100% sure where we stand on that. Yeah, we uh, interestingly enough, it was bid about three months ago, and we just heard this past week uh, that the project may be awarded to us. We we're actually third bidder on the job, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, usually after you submit a bid and you see that you're third in line, you move on. You move on pretty quickly. You know, that one goes in the bin and off to the next one. So to see uh, some communication from the owner show up was a little bit of a shock to us, but uh, we're evaluating and seeing how it fits our schedule and our capabilities and we'll see what it brings. See see what happens. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, Southern Maine here in a few minutes with Doug. We got just a few shout outs. uh, If you're listening to this right now, think about who you can give a shout out to. And when you get that text on Tuesday night or Monday night, I'm sorry, Get that shout shout out in. There's somebody, I know you're working with somebody that you can give a shout out to. Absolutely. There's somebody in your day that's made a difference, whether it's for the company or for you personally, or just something. There's someone out there, just keep an eye out. And I know uh, it's pretty challenging at times to not be focused on the issues that you're dealing with at times, but uh, there's something positive going on around you and someone's helping out with that. And in order to make time on the podcast for all these shout outs, after this week, we're going to suspend the prices right for some period, but it's also coming up on ESOP stock price time. So we will reinstitute it back for that. So shout outs, we need them. Price is right. Cost of a 2022 Cat D6 dozer. We got some really important announcements on the back end of this thing. So I want to make sure you hang on. And uh, with that, we will move on to Mr. Doug Morrison. And you can tell us what you got going on in Southern Maine. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even slowed down, it seemed, all winter. A um, couple of the big jobs uh, down in Portland, the Back Cove South and the Back Cove West jobs, uh, those have had you know three to five crews on them, seems like, all all winter. Um, so I'll start with those over in Back Cove South. Uh, I've got Matt Tebow and, and Ian down there, tag team in that job. Uh, we're in a pretty critical piece of that project right now. We're started on the Phase 2 tank side. And uh, there's some there's some challenging soils on that job. Very challenging, being that close to the bay. And uh, we're doing some redesigning on on that project. We're still moving forward. We're uh, excavating the the tank number two, which is the third one uh, out of the series of four. Uh, so that's in progress. And Fleming's down there getting the steel bracing in. So 
things are moving forward. Might be a little slower than than we all hope, but uh, it's a, a very challenging project. And, and if you guys remember, it's a design build, and uh, that doesn't change throughout the whole project. I, it just seems like as you come into challenges, you continue designing and you work through them, and and uh, it's going to be a good job to look back at for sure. Yeah, it's a really sensitive area there on on the shoreline between the interstate and Back Bay. And uh, I know everybody hasn't been there and can't be there, but uh, really, uh, really sensitive spot in terms of the soils there. And then you've got the interstate right beside us. That's right. So you've got loading uh, coming from the interstate, which is 20 feet above you. And then, then you've got a, you know, an ocean. Uh, not more than 60 to 70 feet from some of your excavation. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're 40 feet deep in the ground. To and move, and so. that adds <laughs> another dynamic. Yeah. So um, so kudos to, to Matt and Ian and, and the crew that's, that's down there. I mean, uh, run into some some issues here recently with those soils. That's right. And we're working around them to make sure we keep it safe. Yep. No, that's the number one priority is is we want to make sure the design we have moving forward is is going to be safe for everybody and, and, it's, and it's buildable. So. And just across the bay is back Cove West and uh, that job's hitting its stride for sure. Uh, it seems like every week we're honing our craft. We're, we're getting better at driving the sheeting and digging out the boxes and finding better ways to eliminate uh, cross struts and, and stuff like that. Uh, we're, we've gotten into the ledge, which has helped us. Um, you know, I talked to American concrete earlier this week and uh, you know, their manager down there said, geez, what are you guys doing down there? You're, you're starting to catch us. We got to start making boxes quicker. Um, which which is a great thing. They never you know. hear that, do they? <laughs> no, no, yeah. I mean, the team we got over there between Adam Tienan and and Alex Hardy and and all the foremen, you get Steve Randall and Joe Frazier, and and, and they're kind of focused on the on that box piece of the job. And then you got Alex Morgan and Chris Lee and Spencer Whittemore. I mean, we we've got three pipe crews going plus two crews on the boxes. So um, it, it's it's a great it was a great job to obviously get a bunch of the guys going through the winter and, and we were actually very productive in the winter too. So that yeah, you've, you've made some great progress down there, Doug, and <clears throat> you mentioned the team, but I got to thank you and, and Glenn uh, and certainly Adam and Alex. Uh, there's been challenges there as well. And uh, you know, you guys keep redesigning as things go and you keep uh, tweaking things and all that. And as you said, the job started really hit its stride. I'm pretty proud of where things stay in there and it's been a hell of an effort by uh, all of you. So, and I, I can't forget Jim Legassi frog. Uh, he's, I almost call him an assistant superintendent. I mean, if there's, it's any- a it's a whole new role that he's taken there, and he's Absolutely. man, he is, you yeah. know, after forty something years of the company, uh, I mean, he's been doing, you know, great work for so long. That's but right. this is just a different position for him as general foreman, you mentioned, or assistant superintendent, whatever you want to call it. But he's, those guys are really learning from him, you know, and this is what I hear from the guys with him. Not- Absolutely. I mean, I see it every time I'm down there. He's he's not in the trenches anymore. He's the guy that's looking ahead, planning, taking care of all the bypass pumping. So when the when the pipe crew gets to a conflict, it's already taken care of, and and he's there as you know support for Alex Morgan, who's a young pipe foreman, and Spencer. I mean, if they got any questions, I mean, he's he's right there working with them. Um, just great attitude yep. and a huge success to the project in that role. And, and a new kind of position for us. We've never had that on a job before. That's right. This job's large enough that it, that it warrants that. When you've got that many crews going at the same time, um, there's there's always something to be looking ahead at. And and Adam hasn't done a lot of pipe work as a super, and I think that the two of them uh, dovetail well together. Adam's yeah. such a good planner. You know, if he's got questions, Frog's right in the office, and we're getting plans up on the big TV, and 
working through them weeks ahead of time, not not putting out fires. Yep. Good. I got to say, Doug, is we've <clears throat> and we've talked some about this. You know, as we've taken on some larger project work, and Herb, you mentioned, is kind of a different position for a frog. But uh, as we've taken on some larger work, we recognize that we've got to adjust how we staff some things Correct. and how we look at some things. And uh, I give Doug and Adam a, a large amount of credit for looking at that and saying, you know, this is really the role where a frog needs to fit in on this job. And you mentioned two uh, two you know up and coming younger guys, being Spencer and Alex and. Uh, frogs had an impact on Alex for a couple seasons now. And, uh, you know, Alex Definitely. is really hitting his stride and Spencer as well. It's impressive to see those young guys growing. Yeah. Yeah. To see the, how challenging some of the pipe they put in on these two back cove jobs is it's incredible. I mean, they're 20, 22 feet deep, double box, triple box in some tough. They're deeper conditions. than they are old. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. You got well, well point systems controlling water and it's, it's, it's pretty good to see how, how well those guys yeah. have done. Impressive. Very. Uh, skipping down to some of the other projects, Auburn, Procter and Gamble. It's a, it's a project that got delayed earlier in the, the season last year and, and it kind of worked out in our favor, provided uh, once again, some winter work for us. Um, we started with Whiting Turner and Chimbro ended up taking over that, that job. And, uh, I would say we're, you know, seventy percent complete. We've got most of the pipe done on the job. All the foundations are done, backfilled. Uh, the uh, Chimbro's putting up the structural steel, so we're going to be in, you know, cleanup mode, building parking lots and ponds coming up as soon as the frost is one hundred percent out of the ground, and it's uh, it's going to turn out to be a really good project. The job's going well, and Jake Stevens has done a great job down there managing the project. He has, and and the great thing about Jake is he's such a good mentor. Um, we've given him some young foreman and labors and he, he's a guy that's right out in the field working with those guys yeah. and, and people love, love working for Jake. So he's, he's done good there and I mean, he's going to be off to new projects before long. Yep. Good. So wrapping this one up probably next two, two and a half months. Um, like Tim LePage talked about last, last week, a uh, lot of solar work still going on. Um, we've got, Crews, I got two crews doing solar right now. We've got uh, Richie Otis kind of working on the traveling solar crew and managing all of the Southern Maine solar. Uh, we're, we're jumping from Oxford to Gorham to um, Auburn to, jeez, uh, Old Orchard Beach, Harrison. Uh, that's the thing with this solar. You need four or five of these things to really uh, be efficient. And it's just the way that it works. I mean, you got an electrician that you're digging for, and then you got some erosion control you got to take care of, and then you got a new one that starts. You got to build access roads. So, it, it where it's, it's really short pieces of work. So it being is. able to bounce from job to job to job is staying nimble and, and that's right. And light. They're so key. linear too. Is I mean, once we get the roads in, we got to leave for a little while and let the you know another scope do some work and and have four or five of these that we can just you know get a tag trailer and and move equipment from. One of the next is it's definitely a recipe for our success in this solar stuff. Um, Topsom Solar is another one. We've got a, a Matt Coffin kind of overseeing that crew down there, and that's that's one of the bigger ones that's going very well. We're having to blast on that one. A lot of trench rock. Um, but once again, it's a good market for yeah. us down there in, in southern Maine. Uh, a couple projects that we're going to get geared back up on. Uh, Booth Bay, it's a country club project. We're going to get back in there hopefully early May. And uh, try to do another phase of that. These site work projects, um, you're in and out a few times just based on where the building is. Uh, we'll go in, build all the parking lots, uh, get that done, probably leave, and then come back in August and, and wrap that one up. Uh, Troy Harvey, he's going to be uh, starting up Waterville Airport. It's a, it's a nice, clean $3.8 million taxiway project. Going to be starting that end of April. 
Uh, it's a full, you know, basically new, new reclaiming the whole existing taxiway, you know, regrade, repave, new electrical. Um, it's great to have these projects so we can plan them out. That's right. You know. Absolutely. Joyce had a great opportunity this winter to, to really get his head into this one and do a lot of planning and get the subs lined up and materials lined up. And uh, it's a 90 day job. So, you know, you don't have a lot of fluff there in the schedule to, uh, to get behind. So well, I, it's I, the type of project we love. It is, it is. And you know, I've got those quick hits are fun. Yeah. It's an airport job and we secured it last year. So we knew we had it on the books and, uh, you know, some folks are probably here in the Southern Maine operations manager talking about Waterville. Um, we, we kind of blurred our Southern Maine line a little bit and moved it up with... Uh, it's always been moving. I mean, forever. It's been a floating target, right? So Depending and, on workload. And with the Northern Maine region having a, a large workload, it's kind of swung a little bit from south to north in terms of the volume. Um, Doug still has a big workload, but uh, yeah, moving up towards Waterville, but should be a great job. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it'll be, uh, be very good for, you know, Troy. He's, he's got a lot of airport experience. And uh, it's in our wheelhouse once again. So it's what we like to do, and we're good at it. Yep. And Troy's good at it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we got in the queue uh, for Southern Maine. I'm, I've got $51 million. I'm looking at my backlog sheet right now. That's Most of it will be complete in 2022. We'll probably have, I don't know, maybe $10 million that'll spill over yep. into uh, 2023. But uh, for the most part, uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. So we'll um, be looking to, to backfill behind that. Definitely. Work yep. as you work it off. I mean, everybody knows we've got a massive backlog right now. Yep. yep. Um, and we're, you know, we're being very, very selective as we reviewed the bids on Monday, uh, the bid calendar, and we, the way we do it, we put on all the projects we would have bid in the past. And there's just, everything's been struck through. There's a very few that we're, we're even looking at, and those have to be scheduled right or the right work or sometimes the right owner that kind of says, if you want to work for me in the future, you're going to bid now. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. And you mentioned the bid calendar, you look at the next month on the bid calendar and there might be one or two things that aren't crossed off. We are being very selective. And sometimes that even comes down to the 11th hour as we sort of see what we're getting for subs on jobs and coverage. We're just not looking to put ourselves in a bad position by going into a job, not knowing, uh, whether we have good coverage on things as well and, and just trying to set ourselves up for success. It's going to be a challenging year from a subcontractor capability perspective as well. So it is. So we've got that, you know, that estimating grabbing backlog thing. We're trying to just be really careful about that. So absolutely fall, winter and next year. That's what we're really looking at. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely where my focus is uh, for the people who don't know. And we, we meet up every other week and do what's called a pipeline meeting and, uh, Every region has their input on, you know, where, where we're at with the current backlog versus what, when we need it. And, you know, that's really my, my outlook is fall and, and winter work for next year. And, and what's available, that's what's right. coming down the pipe. So yep. 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 we're all, we're trying to look ahead one, two, three years, even on, on some of these larger projects. So we're, so we're ready when they do hit the street on the, on the bid market. And we had Glenn Adams on here a month or so ago yep. to, to talk about his position as business development. And he's got a really good handle on on that, and he's continuing to, uh, you know, drive inroads. Yep. yep. And I got to say, Glenn's had some success, I mean, uh, with the inroads, you know, sure. bringing us some work, and uh, he probably gets a little, uh, actually, he doesn't get frustrated because we talk about it, but, uh, you know, he brings some things to the doorstep right now, and unfortunately, we have to say no, and it's, uh, you know, in his role, that can be a tough thing to be able to bring opportunities, and you're just not there yet. Yep. So, but uh, he's doing a great job, and, and pretty confident we're going to have some good work in the future. Good. Well, thank you, Doug. 
for yeah, that. Absolutely. You're going to hang with us for shout outs and I'll be right here. All that stuff, huh? Okay. How about some prices right? We had a poll on whether they like this music or the actual Price is Right music at one point in time. And I never got the results of that poll. Ah. So I think I must have won. I would say so. That's the music, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the music we got. <laughs> We're sticking with it. We're sticking with it. So uh, what's the cost of a 2022 Cat D6? You want to handle these numbers? I'm sure I can handle these numbers. So, uh cost of a 2022 cat d6 we've got uh, probably a little over a dozen guesses here ranging in value from jeff shock at one hundred ninety three thousand six hundred and seventy two dollars and 11 cents that 11 cents is important i just before you go on uh saw jeff around the office this week and it's great to see him back been gone to africa for for a year for a year yeah uh, yeah definitely definitely good guy with the back. national guard good to have him home good to have him back and uh as usual jeff has a smile on his face when you he see does, him yeah. and uh it's always good to bump into him so glad to have him uh, i'm not sure his guess is the right one but we'll see and uh that ranges they jump up pretty quickly after that we've got a whole group in the three hundred thousand plus range four hundred thousand plus up to a high of seven hundred sixty-five thousand four hundred thirty-two dollars and ten cents. Seven six five four three two one zero by uh, Trevor Gardner. So from one hundred ninety-three thousand to seven hundred sixty-five thousand. Quite a, a range. That's quite a range. Doug, what's this thing cost? Oh gosh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I wasn't privy to that. You weren't privy to that. I will. No. I'm going to have to take a guess somewhere in the four twenty range. Be my ballpark guess. Glad you're not an estimator. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> $320,000. So everybody except Jeff Shock was over. So that means Jeff Shock is Jeff Shock wins. Wow. That's a shock. $50 gift certificate at the company store or Amazon. Congratulations. Congratulations, Jeff. So we're at shout outs. Did I, did I go out of order? I did, didn't uh, I? I think you did, but that's all right. That's a little mix things up. Yeah. It's all good. Keep people on their toes. Okay. I'll start out here with Kevin's, the first one here. Shout out for Pete Perizzo for developing a two-day comprehensive junior superintendent training. We've never done that. Correct. First one. <laughs> so this is these are really important steps that these guys are taking. Absolutely. Uh, so he put together the training agenda and, and led the training for both groups. We had... Uh, Two groups, Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, first time we've set up training for this level of management. Should help them be more proficient uh, going forward. And, and the way this thing happens is, in the past, is, you know, you show some promise and a job comes up and they, we look around and say, who can do this job? And it's, well, that guy shows promise and we put him on a job. Yeah. And that's with, the extent of the training we had given With really no idea. Correct of all the things that are involved in, in reporting back to the office. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility well, tremendous that they learn on the fly. So kudos to, to Pete and Kevin and that crew. Absolutely. Uh, I can take the next one from Kevin Gordon. He's got a shout out to Ben Woody Woodward for taking the time to spend with students from the construction engineering and operation program at United Technology Center in Bangor last Wednesday. Uh, Kevin was leaving UTC after giving a presentation about Sergeant when he noticed Woody explaining the importance of loading and securing equipment on a low bed to a group of students. Way to take advantage of a teachable moment. You never know who you may inspire to join our profession and hopefully our sergeant family. Great job and thank you. Thank you, Woody. 
I can take the uh, the next one here. It's from Matt Tebow. He's working on one of my projects. Uh, he wants to give a shout out to Jackson Blaze for teaching the others the art of building sewer inverts. Thanks for honing your craft while also helping and mentoring others. And I had the chance to catch up with Jackson this week, and he was showing me pictures on his phone of, of the inverts he was doing. And, I mean, they look great. And, and that's just an art that we we feel we need more people coming up through the ranks to learn some of that stuff. So thank you, Jackson, for, for working with some of the laborers. Excellent. Kendall Bickford gives a shout-out to Pete Broberg for taking time to speak to the Junior Super class last week. Sharing your knowledge, experience, and wisdom definitely benefits them. A great fit to teach the team routine and structure. And he is a good one on that one. Uh, that's been a big theme of what we've talked about this winter with the foreman and superintendents, routine and structure. And I'm actually talking about that with myself. Yeah, I've been having some of those discussions with myself too. Um, and Pete, yeah, what a what a great shining example. Uh, I do appreciate Pete uh, during our superintendent forum meetings as well. He allowed me to pick on him several times to uh, volunteer him uh, to stand up and yeah. offer some information, uh, which is good. I, I got a couple of shout outs I'd like to ad lib to Herb, if you don't Please mind. Please do. And I think Douglas is looking to do the same. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, so I wanted to give a, a shout out to Dave Terrio. Uh, Dave has really kind of come into his own here the last couple of years and, and started to excel. Uh, we recently promoted Dave from a junior foreman up to the foreman ranks. I know Doug had that discussion with him this week, uh, or maybe tail into last week. I've lost track of time here. Uh, but certainly uh, just a great effort by Dave, especially the last couple seasons here. He, he's done very well and uh, very happy to promote him. Super guy. Super guy. Um, also, I uh, wanted to give a, a quick shout out. You talked a little bit about estimating uh, earlier in the program here, Herb, but wanted to give a shout out to Pat Dubay, Mike Thibodeau, Dave Preble, and Aaron Tidd. Um, you know, the, the challenges of estimating are great at times. And right now with where we stand of trying to be very careful about what work we're taking and not taking and what we're bidding and not bidding, it leads to a lot of starts and stops at times as we evaluate things. And these guys continue to work through stuff sometimes to only put it back on the shelf and not move forward with it. Right. And often, not often, but uh, we're trying to get better at not having that at the 11th hour, but the amount of effort that gets put into that to be able to just put it on the shelf wipe the crust out of your eyes and move on to the next one is a, it's a different mindset that you have. To sure have. is. They and if, very well. if you're in the field, you know, picture digging half a day for pipe and then saying, well, they, they don't want the pipe in after all. Yeah. Stopping and filling <laughs> it back in and off you it, go. That's kind of the same thing. It is. They have to pivot a lot and they do a great job doing, they keep a great attitude doing they it sure as well. Do. And, uh, frankly, they've also helped me through some discussions on go, no go projects. Yep. And, uh, I rely on a lot of what they have to say when we're having those discussions. So it's and appreciated. Also involved in that is Leah trying to, trying to get pre-qualifications done and bid packages done and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and sometimes she'll put a bid package together that we don't, we don't submit. Need. And she, I'm sure at times it's kind of like, why did I bother doing that? She's uh, quickly turning into the adult supervision for the group. So <laughs> we, we do appreciate that as well. They need it. That's all I had. I had a uh, couple ad lib uh, shout outs from my from me as well. Uh, the first one, uh, James McCarthy, uh, and that's a job he's running uh, that I may forgot to talk about earlier was the York Toll Plaza project. Um, James brings a lot of knowledge and uh, just a, just a lot of drive and everything to the superintendent position. Um, he's a professional engineer. Uh, we had a pre-construction meeting yesterday down there with the turnpike uh, to get that project fired back up. It's going to start next week. And uh, just the way he carried himself uh, with, with all the people from the turnpike and the engineers, uh, he does a great job at that. 
And, yeah, uh, very he, professional. And he represents the company very well. Uh, they, they fired numerous questions at him from traffic control to how we were going to sequence things, and, and he had an answer for everything. So it truly showed how well he's got that job planned out and uh, how he's going to attack it this year coming forward. Uh, and he's got no small tasks there. We got about $9 million worth of work to do by September, mid-September. Um, so that's roughly five months. When you're billing a million and a half dollars a month, uh, that's that's a lot of work to put in place. He told me it was mere child's play. Easy. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's he's got it. And I, I just wanted to echo that, Doug, but add to it that uh, the job that James has done down there and you and several others with your interactions with the Turnpike, it's why that owner has so much confidence in us because you guys show up planned, prepared, ready to answer the questions, anticipating the problems, and thinking ahead to give them solutions to make their lives easier as well. And uh, that's been a big part of building what is really a really good relationship with the main Turnpike Authority. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like a great partnership. I mean, they trust us. Uh, they work with us. Uh, we're bringing up different ideas, problems ahead of time, like you said, Eric. And uh, they're very open to it, and uh, they take our feedback well. But and- to the point where the, the main Tur- Turnpike Authority executive director was on our podcast yes. last year with us. That's right. I mean, it'd be d- very difficult to get many owners on here that yes, it would that would uh, you know sing the praises yep so i no doubt that york talk job will uh, will go very good this season um the second shout out ahead was uh, for matt coffin i got a chance to meet up with matt uh last night and uh, matt's been given the task of kind of overseeing uh the topsom solar project and there's a lot going on i mean some of these solars are pretty pretty easy but uh he's definitely got his head on right and uh Talking with Richie Otis, yeah, he's doing a heck of a job, uh, whether he's doing layout, managing the crews, working with the young laborers, the operators. Uh, it's just, just so good to see him uh, catching his stride on that. And I just want to definitely give him a shout out. He's doing a heck of a job. Yeah, well done, Matt. So he must have a birthday coming up for his little girl in a, maybe a month or so. That yeah. seems about right. Time flies. It's hard to believe that, but you're probably right. Whoop. The applause jumped in ahead of us on that. <laughs> Like it wrap it up music. Yeah, it, it happens. You're not going to Will Smith and Chris Rock him here, are you? No, you no, that, no, no. We're not going to do that. Uh, so, moving right along to announcements. Uh, if you're not receiving your podcast or reminders being the te- via the texting app and would like to, please make sure Tina Bushard has your correct cell phone number. And her email address is tbushard, T-B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D, at sergeant.us. It's uh, going to be ESOP stock price announcement time soon. And uh, you might get yourself a little advantage on the stock price guess if you dig out your your uh, statement from last year. Exciting. So this might be time to do a little homework on that. Yeah. So Looking forward to seeing that announced. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to have operations manager Jim Braley talk about uh, what's going on in the Bangor area. We're all gonna, also going to have Amy Soames in to do a little bit of Well Steps talk with us, and uh, I think next week we're going to we're going to add the new hires in. I think it's good we're going to we're going to go back to the people that have been. I think it's good to add the new hires, and I do want to say while we got that, uh, while I, I've got that note there, that we really need to welcome the new hires. Yes, the people in this company need to embrace the new hires. Uh, we cannot do what we want to do without additional people, without new people. And so really I'm asking you all to take the time when you see somebody new on the job, just to 
walk up and shake their hands. That's a thing now again. We can do that, can do right? That. We had to suspend that for some period. Yep. I never did really. Me either. But, I, I kind of like shaking hands. It's, but, you know, walk over, shake their hands, find out a little bit about them, you know, where they're from, what they do, that sort of stuff, and, and just make them feel welcome. Yeah. And also, uh, we need to watch out for them, too. We need to make sure that, you know, that maybe they don't have the situational awareness about the project that we have. So we need to look out for them. Absolutely. Take that little bit of extra time. Um I can say, Herb, that well, out of all of us, the three of us sitting in this room, I was a new hire just four years ago uh, and coming in. We're still company. looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I know you are, and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I do appreciate it. Uh, but coming into the company, you know, I was greeted with open arms wherever I went. I never felt any tension or anything like that, but I know that experience isn't the same for everyone uh, that comes in. I was in a much different setting. So taking that time, it makes a big impact on a person to know that people around here care about them that they have somebody that they can put, you know, a hand on their belt loop and say, okay, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I can follow you. And it keeps them safe. Uh, to me, I've likened it to, you know, helping your kid cross the road when they're little, check the mailbox. You held their hand when you cross the road yep. to keep them safe. And we need to do that the same with these people and look out for them. And also the same for, for, for maybe people that have been employed with us, but are coming to a new project. Absolutely. Same thing. We just need to, we just need to be really, really, uh, intentional about about making sure people are onboarded to the company in the right way and onboarded to the job in the right way. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that, it's, a, it's really the only way we can grow. I mean, people are going to well, retire. We need to bring new people into the business. Well, and, if if we don't bring new people in, we're going right. to shrink. That's right. And that's not good for the stock price. I can sure. tell you that. It's not good for bonuses. It's not good for anything. Uh, it's not where we're headed. It, it's not where we're headed. And, you know, that doesn't mean I want to take the world in terms of being a company. I, I want to maintain the culture and I think we can do that. Absolutely. Uh, but we need, we need additional people because, you know, guys like me are getting up in age. Well, you're not that far up in age. Not that far down either. Oh, well, you know, you're somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Well, that's good. You know, I, I got more yesterdays than tomorrow. So well, you, you woke up on the right side of the grass. This morning, I did. So it's, things are good. it's a great day to be alive too. Absolutely. Um, so when I, when we talk about bringing that new team on, um, those new people on, I guess I've been thinking about a principle that we've talked about with the foreman uh, is you never have to recover from a strong start. Absolutely. If we, if we get out in the morning and get a strong start and we, and we really uh, peel that onion with the foreman, like what, what does a strong start look like? And we broke the day down into four quarters uh, and we said, let's win every quarter, just like a football team. Yep. And what does that, what does that mean? But what, to me, one of the things is, is leaving things better than you found them. Absolutely. So that's a principle yep. I think we all could live by. Agreed. Anything to add? Uh, no, I just echo your sentiments here, Herb. I, you know, we got a busy season coming up and we do need new people coming in through the door. It's typical of what we see, but we're also looking to increase those numbers. Um, and really just slowing down as we've talked, being intentional about things, Taking that extra time, maybe when you start your morning, that you've got your plan in place, you've got your tasks all laid out, but uh, remembering that it's the people that accomplish those tasks, um, as you discussed, and taking the time to, to get you to know your people better and understand what's going on. Um, there's a lot of things happening in life, and people get distracted by that, and uh, just knowing what's going on with your people is a good place to be. And other than that, the last thing I would say, and I've <clears throat> said it kind of week after week, and it ties into your principle, I think, just be kind to each other. Be good yep. to each other, look out for each other. And that's how we're going to succeed is by looking out for each other. 
Yeah, I echo all your statements, Eric. Um, back to back to the adding the people. Um, the best people we seem to get are from referrals. So you guys get incentivized from sending us good people. So keep it up. That's that's a great point. Absolutely. Keep, keep sending the people in. We don't mind paying the uh, the referral bonuses. We uh, want yeah. to. We, we want, want to. to. <laughs> so uh, so keep and, it coming. You know, on that point, I guess I want to give Heather a shout out too because she's she's. I mean, I think she said thirty six people in thirty two days or something like that. I can't yeah. remember the numbers, but a, a, a massive number of people. And uh, you know, bringing those folks in, her and Amy getting them oriented, and and then Pete and Kevin taking them and getting them onboarded the right way. Just a lot of work, and I know she's a very busy woman, Heather. Well, Amy too, yep. all of us. But uh, great work. No, a, a great, great job. Sorry, Doug. I, I'm just going to add to that. I I get a lot of communication from Heather, and it could be Sunday nights, it could be Saturday mornings, it could be anything to to kind of keep things moving. And <clears throat> I'm happy to do that because she's out there putting in a heck of an effort. And uh, uh, much like our estimating side, it seems like she'll go for a month where she's talked to a ton of people, then all of a sudden these offers just start getting accepted and flooding in. Yeah. So I was happy to see her kind of break the seal recently and it's been a lot of success since, and we're going to keep rolling with it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I almost think she deserves a shout out for, for the quality of the people. I mean, Herb threw out a number of how many people she's hired, but from when I'm getting these people out in the field, the quality is, is there, which yep. is, which is great to well, see. Well, let's we're give not- her an applause then. Good job, Heather. And that's about all I got. So we'll wrap this thing up. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Stay safe. Zero accidents. Leave it better than you found it. 